0: shalom 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 my name is michael sano and welcome to another episode of the 12 cities in israel podcast uh as i said my name is michael sano and this is the only positive podcast on the state of israel where everything we're doing is bringing you the food the fun the culture and the people of israel so let me start off by uh Reading you a few messages from some of our wonderful sponsors. Our first is iConnect. iConnect, engagement with Israel that earns you rewards. Earn points and connect with Israel with articles, games, quizzes, polls, and more. So what exactly is iConnect? Well, iConnect is a social gaming platform where you can play, earn points, and receive cool prizes all for free. Their goal is to help you stay connected with Israel no matter where on the globe you are. So head on over to www.iconnect.co.il that's www.i il, and start playing now. Our next one is from Israel Phones Israel Phones is the leading provider of communication devices for people traveling to Israel. Israel Phones offers SIM cards, My fi devices, which are mobile Wi-Fi hotspots, travel products, and serves the connectivity needs of tour groups, synagogues, schools, community missions, study programs, and individuals. Supplying you with international prepaid SIM cards, cell phones, and USB portable modem hotspot rentals right now because of watching this show Israel phones will give you a free sim card which is a $15 value if you spend $30 or more on their site all you have to do to get this deal is to use the coupon code are you ready 12 cities in Israel that's the number one two cities in Israel all one word no spaces when checking out on your next order For more information on what Israel Phones can do for you, and to get this great deal, please visit www.israelphones.com. That is www.israelphones.com. So, um, for those of you who have been following the podcast, you will notice, um, especially if you're watching the video version um, that uh, excuse me, sorry about that, that I am sitting by myself. So we've had a couple of changes. Um, Bigosh is on hiatus right now. She's got a lot of video projects and she also has um, coming up this fall, she's got some, uh, what does she have? She has uh, graduate school, film graduate school. She's going to graduate school at the city College of New York. Um, and she's going to just broaden her quiver of film knowledge. So, uh, the best of luck to you and we expect to see her back here and then. Um, but for all intents and purposes, this is going to be pretty much a, a one man show from here on out. Um, so but what's interesting about that is so when I say one man show, it's the, the focus and what we're going to be doing on the show is changing. So right now we're on episode nine. Welcome to episode nine. Um, but we're going we're going through a little bit of a metamorphosis into something that I've really, really, really wanted to do. And that is interviews. So we're gonna starting in the probably the end of summer, fall. Um, gosh, hopefully when it cools off, because right now, today as we're filming, it's one of the hottest days of the year here in New York, and uh, it's redonkulous. It's 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 really really out of control. Um, but one of the things that we're gonna be doing is I'm going to be putting everything in these cases and wheeling them onto the train and to different places in New York City to speak to different people about Israel, about what, they, what their connection is, what their love is uh, for the country, why, they, why the country is important to them. I'm scratching my nose. Sorry about that. And on that note, As I'm scratching my nose, I think I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Mm. So I apologize. I'm addicted to the bean. So I love coffee. Um, And I drink a very specific type of coffee. And it's uh, Cronin. I don't know. It's basically what it is, is. It's a Polish instant coffee that I picked up in Israel. And it's everywhere. Um, next time I'll probably, uh, have, uh, what is it? I'll I'll put it on the table. And, and for those of you who are watching the video version, you'll be able to see it, but I live for coffee. So that's a little interesting note about me, which is an amazing segue that I didn't even intend. Um, so as I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be interviewing people. The first person that you're going to get to know in all of this is me but before i get into me i want to talk just one second more about what is coming up and these interviews aren't just going to be done in new york city because that would defeat not defeat the purpose but it wouldn't give you the full fleshed out version of what i'm trying to do so what i'm going to do is in january Through collaboration with the C Executive Suite Hotels, visit them. It's CSEA-Hotels.com. It's an amazing place. Um, And we're going to conduct, well, two or three weeks of interviews. We haven't decided exactly how long we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing two to three weeks of interviews with different people in israeli society and i i I've already reached out and gotten some uh some talk back from some people. There are some really exciting people that I want to speak to um i and this is so crazy i I was able to get in touch with stav Shafir and stav Shafir she is the youngest member of the Knesset, and she's a fascinating person she's kind of a firebrand. She's got supporters and detractors, um, because when you, when you, when you take a stance, when you're brave, you're going to get that. And she's incredibly brave. And I am a incredible, incredible proponent of who isn't actually, (laughs) but I'm, I will always stand up for a strong woman. They're, they're amazing. I grew up with strong women, women, my mother, uh, my sister, my grandmother, um, we're all are all incredibly strong women. So I am, uh, I'm just it, it, deeply appreciative and willing to support strong women, um, on all sides, from all backgrounds. Um, Another person that I'd like to uh, that I'm in the process speaking of strong women um, is and I don't know if you a a lot of people will know of this person, but she's really fascinating. Her name is Avital Cohen and Avital Cohen. If you're Instagram uh, savvy, she is, I guess, an Internet model, an Instagram model. But I think that that diminishes exactly what she is so she's someone who overcame an eating disorder to embrace fitness and in enhance her self-esteem through one fitness and putting it out there through Instagram how brave is that that's incredibly brave. I'm, I'm blown away by that. I'm so p- impressed by this young girl, woman, sorry, young woman that um, I, I just, um, if, if, I, if I wind up, if everything works out, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a great episode. So stay tuned for all the stuff that's coming up. We're also going to be talking to other people. Um, I have a friend um, at a company in Israel called Alpha Music. He runs DJs. Um, so there's this incredible, um, industry due to the marriage rate of Jews in Israel. Um, there's a lot of weddings. So there's a lot of wedding DJs, but these DJs also take it to the clubs. So, and they're incredibly talented. And if you go on YouTube, there's a couple that I know of. One of them is, uh, DJ, oh, what's his name? This is embarrassing. Um, uh, Brant. He's the one that I want to interview. Aviel Brant. Aviel Brant is, uh, he, he is the, pretty much the face of alpha music. Yeah. It's real, real smart to say you want to interview someone and, and forget their name. DJ Aviel Brant. And, uh, there's just, there's a couple of, there's another guy named Basti Hansen. He does the Tel Aviv Pride after-party videos, which basically, um, what, it, what, it, what they do is they, uh, they capture, through, he captures through video and these amazing drone shots, um, Basti Hansen uh, captures the mood, the feel, the vibe of each year's pride festival um there's another individual that i'm hoping to uh to get and i've reached out to him his name is Uriel yakutiel and he is freaking fabulous he is so amazing he's a um how do i describe him uh he's he's a drag queen but so much more he's dynamic he uh, he is part of a an organization called arisa and arisa does these Mizrahi, um gay dance parties that are held all over israel from uh, haifa all the way down to a and he they they promote all of this through videos that they put out on youtube that are usually um what is it like lip synced and uh, just he's amazing. He's fascinating. He's got the best smile and the best eyelashes. Um, and I can't wait to get him at the table and just to sit and talk with him. And he, he all of these people, all of these people are amazing. I want to talk to people from entertainment. I want to talk to people from um, who is it? Entertainment, politics, uh, business, I'd like to get um, Avi, I think it's Avi Kotz, um, who is the head of Kofix. And for those of you who don't know what Kofix is, Kofix is the most amazing place in the world. Everything is six shekels. So what that basically means is what that's six. Everything's about three bucks. So water, sandwiches, slushies, everything. I've done a video. If you go to our YouTube channel you can see a video that I made in as part of our vlog series, which is coming back by the way. Um, and the next one of that is going to be on, uh, travel travelers, health insurance, which is going to be really interesting. So stay tuned for that. But this video that I did is called saving money at Cuffix and you can get a shakshuka sandwich at, uh, at Kofix, which is, I mean, just just the fact that that Kofix turned shakshuka into a sandwich means it's the greatest place on the planet. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's what's coming up. We're going to be doing that. We're also going to be doing about a week in Bersheva, where I'm going to interview um, a couple of people down there. There's a gentleman Yair who is the culture minister. I want to get him in front of the microphone. I think he would be fascinating. Um there is uh oh I forgot about this. So there I have a friend um that I met and it's because I reached out to her and her name is um Yada and Yada Shalev and she is the face for the most part of Hebrew Pod 101 which is a channel on YouTube where they teach you Hebrew um and I've developed a really great friendship with her um she's super fun to talk to and I want to get her in front of the in front of the microphone um but as far as being down in Beersheba there's this gentleman Yair who is the uh culture minister there's my friend Malka Reisner who is the international liaison for Beersheba she's super fun um one of the heads of the OSP, the overseas program at Ben University. University. Um, her name is Lila, and I want to get her in front of the camera. And then, my just one of my closest friends, Neely Kane, who has helped me with so many different aspects of this show, just in doing research and all that. She's uh, so I want to bring all these to you. But the way we're going to start this is it would be disingenuous, is that? I don't know that it would be disingenuous, but it would feel right to start all of this off with telling you about me and my journey. And uh, a couple of people have asked uh, um, and said that they would like to know what brought me on this travel and i thought i cut well you know i'm gonna be honest i i did cover some of this yes absolutely i did cover some of this but i i'm a dancer i like to dance like to move um and i i've danced around the my uh backstory a little bit because what what do they say podcasting is about honesty but honesty is scary okay the truth you know jack nicholson you can't handle the truth well um it's not so much that other people can't can't handle the truth it's that we ourselves when looking in the mirror find it difficult to handle the truth so what i'm going to attempt to do today uh, is um give you guys my truth give you guys my story my journey so, um let me take a nice sip of coffee and get myself worked up for this. Oh man. Mm. All right, it's the best. Um so where do I start? Well, all right, so how did I wind up focusing on Israel? How did Israel become so important to me? Was it because is it because I'm Jewish? Um, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, but my Jewishness, my soft Jewish center, um, is a, an. I say an interesting story. It may not be an interesting story. So I was one, I was not always observant i wear a kippah for those of you who aren't watching this and have never watched it i'm an observant jew and what that means is that in a nutshell it means that i eat kosher um i pray when i'm supposed to pray and i observe um the holidays uh that's, that, that's a nutshell version. That's, that's so simplistic. There's a lot more to it. It goes into my beliefs and stuff like that, but we're not. We'll touch on that, probably, I'm going to say. That's safe, yeah. <laughs> um, so I did not always identify as Jewish, okay? Um, my family history has a lot of holes in it. It is the super duper Swiss cheese, you know, and and I'm not talking the Lorraine Swiss, which has little tiny holes. I'm talking there are, I mean, it's almost like half a block of Swiss cheese. So there's, there's that much missing from it. So there's, there have always been these little tiny clues as to who I was. Um, I have always been a very spiritual individual. I've always believed in a higher power um it's always been an important part of my life but I've never i've I've never committed does that make sense um and everyone in my family has always treated religion like a raincoat. you only wear a raincoat when you need it that's it that's the bottom line you only wear a raincoat when you need it so religion for my family and my family identified as who, what oh well all right so my grandmother married my the gentleman who who was not my birth grandfather charles dickerson charlie dickerson he was an entertainer um That worked the circuit in the Southwest, like Reno, and a little bit in Vegas, and he was a comedian, so um, he was Episcopalian, so therefore, my grandmother, I think, became Episcopalian, or just, it's weird, and this is why, it would be easy to sit there and say, well, if your grandfather was Episcopalian, then your grandmother was probably Episcopalian, and if she went but here's the nutty part so after my grandmother passed a couple of years went by my mother brings me the she calls me out of the blue that's right she called me and she says I got this really weird prayer card with your grandmother's things and I said okay um shoot what is it um we you were such a wonderful per I'm paraphrasing you were such a wonderful person and we will especially miss your passover Satyrs. what holy cow all right so that's a big huh i have what you know what i mean so i <clears throat> for some people that would be a big smash in their identity um but for me it was it was here we go again basically that's that's what it was so i also um this was about two years ago maybe my mother brought some things over my grandmother's one of them was what was it it was a hamsa that said jerusalem on it are you kidding me come on getting a lot of clues here um what else we uh there 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 have been these little trickles of Jewishness throughout my family history here's an interesting one this one is actually how to it's i don't know if proud is the right way to describe it but it provides a connection so my great-grandfather, um, great-granddaddy Kunstmann, um, who was from Germany, and my great-grandmother, who was from France in the Alsace-Lorraine, which, by the way, I found out later was a an area of Europe that had a large Jewish population um, in Western Europe. And specifically a large Jewish population centered there because i I don't know why I mean, I don't know why I could say it's because it's remote, because it's contested. I don't know I mean it could be anything um I actually should look into that and find out more about that, but my family's from there uh so being Jewish and being from the alsace Lorraine is not out of the question so The reason I'm bringing that up is because my great-grandfather, when he came to the United States, borrowed money from my great-great-aunt, who lived in Paris, and at the time that he did this was at the same time as the Dreyfus Affair. For those of you who don't know what the Dreyfus Affair was, it was... It was the moment when Theodore Herzl, uh, d- Captain Dreyfus, was this uh, guy who was accused of treason. So he was uh, summarily kicked out of the military and put on trial. And their reasoning—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm just putting it in a nutshell again. His reasoning, their reasoning for trying him was because. He was Jewish. So, um, appalled at this, Theodore Herzl, you know, started his movement towards uh, towards Zionism and all of that. And at this time, my great-grandfather was getting money to move to the United States. Uh, again, circumstantial. Could be nothing. Could just be that he was situationally needed to move you know what i mean not not because of anything bad just because well i mean not anything criminal uh but just that he was done and he had to go um so there's a lot of these little circumstantial odd things to my family history um and because of this it has created a lot of questions a lot of questions for myself growing up um and when i went and i i looked up i looked up the last name kunzman kunzman has both you know let's be honest there are um christian kunzmans but there are also jewish kunzmans there's a journalist here in the united states who's a kunzman and he he's jewish. Um so I could land either way. Um as you know, who knows. So I haven't had a DNA test and um I don't know why. I just never got around to it. Um but I went and I spoke to a rabbi about this because I have had a calling let's say to Israel. Um, For a large chunk of my life. A large portion of my life has been spent um, enamored, in awe, and just wanting to be a part of Israel. Just appreciating it, loving it. Um, Some of this goes back to my military. You know, I was in the military for 10 years. Um, Some of this goes back to that. Who knows? Uh, Um, but there was always something larger, uh, looming in my life. And that larger thing was my spirituality and Israel. And I knew the two were very important to me. So very early on, I started exploring this Judaism, um, uh, this interest in Israel and in being a part of it. And my thought was, if I wanted to be a part of it, I should probably put up or shut up and convert um when i was living in jersey city this was a long long time ago i was pushed away from it you know what i mean just abject uh um what do you call it um, 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 um rejection so i was i was it was um and it was upsetting um but I a number of years later wound up having oh I hit the screen um a number of years later wound up speaking to another rabbi and this rabbi the, the other rabbi the first rabbi didn't want to hear my story um and I don't know why I I don't fault him for it uh he just didn't want to be a part he didn't maybe we didn't click maybe we didn't connect i don't know who knows um but this uh this and i went through a number of years of just coasting along spiritually um and never really trying to make it a part of my life so then um after i got out of the military i wound up speaking to another rabbi Um, wonderful man, wonderful, wonderful man up, up in Poughkeepsie, New York. And, uh, he, I told him my story. I told him my little chunks of data that were missing in my family history. And he said the most interesting thing. He said, honestly, sounds like you're Jewish. And I said, what, huh? What the, that's so weird. What do you mean? I mean, I, I could see it, but I also could not... How could you see it from me just telling, sitting with you for, you know, 45 minutes? And he said, because I've heard this story a million times before. People moved to the United States from Europe, and their Jewishness was not something that was um, in any way, shape, or form appreciated. Anti-Semitism was rampant during the... Uh, the first couple of uh immigrations to america and being jewish set you back it set you behind the eight ball um and you were yeah you were just it it wasn't uncommon for people to distance themselves from their jewishness so he was very supportive um but Since I had married a Catholic, um, he would not convert me. So I was a little upset by that Um, because you can't, I don't know, you can't pick who you love, right? Um, You can't pick who you love, but I need to pause for a moment um, on that note and give you a couple of words from our sponsors. Um, Sorry, dear. Dear. Uh, our f- <laughs> our first one is Neviot Neviot flavored water, um, Neviot at its best taste. Neviot delivers you a true combination of health and pleasure based on Neviot natural mineral water, one of a kind. In Israel, it's enhanced with five B-group vitamins. It's naturally sweetened. It is low in calories, only 35 to 40 calories per eight fluid ounces. There are no preservatives, no color additives. It is available in delicious, indulging flavors. Apple, which I have, peach and grape. My son loves it. And if you're in Israel, you should be drinking Neviot. For more information check out their website at www.neviotglobal.com forward slash en forward slash home that's www.neviotglobal.com forward slash en forward slash home neviot is heaven in a bottle so if you want it you should go to makolet online which is our next sponsor Makolet Online's main goal is to make Israeli groceries and Judaic products affordable and available to everyone in the USA and Canada. Their online store carries items that are unavailable in most places in North America. Things like tahini, Israeli chocolates, frozen borekas, and the Neviat water that we are drinking here today at Makolet Online. You will find your favorite Israeli goods or simply enjoy brand new flavors. All of their products are kosher and most are manufactured in Israel. If you want the tastes of Israel delivered to your home, visit www.makoletonline.com. That's www.makoletonline.com and order today. For an added bonus, if you use the code 12 cities in Israel again, a code 12 cities in Israel, the number one, two cities in Israel, all one word, no spaces, you will receive 15% off of your entire purchase. So again, visit Makolot online and order today. Um, I almost spilled my coffee. Holy cow. So, all right. So I married a Catholic. Sue me. Big fan bad hairy deal um she's awesome she gave me a beautiful son and uh because of this my i i the rabbi that i spoke to wouldn't uh perform a conversion because this is how he put it he said for all intents and purposes you're a jew in hitler's germany you would be a jew but You don't have the paperwork. What I mean by that is a ketubah, which is a marriage certificate. So I was kind of crushed because I felt Jewish. I lived a Jewish life. Um, I was not a Christian, I was not a Muslim by any means. Um, I believed in the Jewish God, Um, I believed in the Torah. And I believed in the uh, um, the patriarchs and the matriarchs and and their um, re, uh, what they their foundational uh, importance um, was a part of my life. So here I am. I'm talking to a rabbi, and this was a modern Orthodox rabbi. So I I found it really really difficult. I couldn't understand what was going on. Um, I couldn't understand this rejection again, and I was upset, because now he's telling me, for all intents and purposes, you're Jewish. You're just too far removed, familially, from observant Jews, and the tiny observance of a ketubah, because there are tons of Jews who are secular, who don't do anything, even on on Passover, um who do have a jewish wedding and they have a ketubah so they're more jewish than me all right hey whatever you know but i i i still felt empty because i felt jewish but not you know what i mean and i didn't know how to rectify it um so so let me have a sip of coffee oh for those of you watching the (laughs) for those of you listening you're probably going man this guy drinks a lot of coffee for those of you who are watching are probably going man this guy drinks a lot of coffee but um so i at some point over time um this is kind of a funny story so uh after i got out of the military i got i got hurt and i don't want to talk about that what i do want to talk about Is, I, through the just awesome um, turn of events, was able to give my son, uh, I was able to be a stay-at-home parent. Uh, My wife has a wonderful job. She's a a producer um, for television commercials, so um she makes a good living so i was afforded the opportunity to come home and take care of our son as he as he grew and uh one day she came into my office and said uh you know he can walk home on his own now and i said "Well, that's great cool she left in a huff but i didn't know i i was oblivious i think i was playing a video game or something she comes back in He, he your son is now capable of walking home by himself. I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. Cool. Yeah, I'm really proud of him. She left again. She came back the third time, angrily yelling the same thing, and that I need to get out of the house and do something. So she again left the room and now, fully motivated by an angry spouse, I, uh, went and applied to the City College of New York and was specifically drawn there. One, I wanted to go to City College because I have always wanted to graduate from that college. It's a wonderful school. It's an amazing school. It's an Ivy League quality school in the CUNY system. The quality of education that you get there is the same as you could get at Columbia, NYU, or anywhere. And a simple hint, a lot of those professors work in CUNY schools to supplement their paycheck because they're not tenured yet. Um, so, and they have an amazing Jewish studies program. So I'm there, decide to get more into, you know, uh, my Jewish roots, which are becoming more and more obvious as the years and days go by. Um, I wind up speaking to the head of Hillel because yes, I joined Hillel. Um and funny story about that. So ran this is how the universe works. Randomly, I'm there and I think I'm in the uh, well, what's the part where you go? The the not initiation, but the the beginning part where they sit you down and they tell you orientation and this girl comes up to me just out of the blue out of the blue and asks me about Hillel I'm not even observant at this point I'm not wearing a kippa. I'm not doing anything she comes up and says hey do you know about Hillel and where it is and where I can find it and I was like out of all the people on the planet you asked me randomly I didn't say this to her but that's what I'm thinking And. Uh, So I've always been getting these nudges towards Judaism. Um, And at the time, I didn't even know what Hillel was. So I wound up finding out what it was. I went to uh, one of the gatherings that Hillel has, and I met an amazing, amazing man who is a friend to this day, Rafi Cohen. Rabbi Rafi Cohen is a conservative um, rabbi. And I told him my story, and then I point blank asked him, I said, would you convert me? He said, absolutely. Like that. Boom. Greatest man on the planet. So wonderful. One of the greatest men because he's just, he, he, he is awesome. And uh, he, we went down this road, and me using my Jewish uh, studies education, use that to study and become more immersed in my Judaism, became more observant um, and wound up going uh, to Israel as part of my program to enhance my, uh, my modern Hebrew chops uh, because I really love it. Hebrew is is one of the most beautiful languages on the planet. It it's musical. And uh was able to become fully Jewish. But still, ironically, I felt a little bit outside. I know, right? You can't 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 be happy with anything, can I? So, um I couldn't understand it i was like still i i'm now i'm jewish yes but i still feel a little bit outside so i wound up going to israel i wound up meeting this gentleman named moti Biton, who became my brother in essence he's a moroccan jew um his family made aliyah from morocco his parents from morocco and i became a part of his family so this is this is another weird swiss cheese holes in my family thing so my father my dad mike sano okay um through a through a simple twist of fate um my mother divorced my father and remarried a man named Mike, Michael, the same name as her son, Michael. So my birth name is not Michael Sano. My birth name is Michael Verver. Now, interestingly enough, my family is Spanish on my father's side. So I'm 50% Spanish. my father's family this is from my mother specifically always told my mom Larisano, that we were spanish from mexico my mom always thought that that was kind of weird so why not just say you're mexican and they would respond because we're spanish from mexico so verver is a derivative of another spanish last name berber the berbers are from morocco so it's thought so uh, another weird twist of fate i'm in a pizza place and i meet this spanish couple and i said wow holy cow I'm actually Spanish. And they say, really? What's your last name? I said, well, my last name is Sano, but my mother remarried um, a gentleman named Sano, and I was adopted by him. So my last name, though, is Verver or Berber. And she goes, oh, you're Jewish? And I was like, I was blown away. I was totally blown away. Random. Another random, like... Um, bomb of Jewish knowledge I don't know um, that's the probably the dumbest way to describe it but that's what I just did um, so there are very 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 strong inklings on my father's side that I'm a Spanish Jew most likely Moroccan so I was telling Moti about this, who is Moroccan, and he said, you are, you're Sephardi. And he accepts it, boom, point blank, that's it. So, I basically identify as a Sephardic Jew. Um, my minhagim or my traditions, because I made a deal, it's weird, I made a deal with him that his minahagim would be mine. And he said, absolutely. You're now, you're a part of my family now. That was like the most beautiful thing. Um, so on paper now, I have a document um, that says and attests that I am a convert. Um, I I was hesitant to tell you the public that I was, Um, and I've had this conversation with people before, and this is interesting because I've said that it comes up Jewishness and Jewish history in your family comes up in just about every conversation that you have with someone about, um, being Jewish. So inevitably, because I believe that it's important to just be honest, um, inevitably, the question of my Jewishness comes up in terms of, so where's your family from? What do they do? Um, what country were they from? And I say, well, there's the, I, I'm a, I had, I'm a convert. Um, and they go, Ooh, almost as if I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing, which on its face is a little bit offensive, but understandable in the grand scheme of jewish history so they don't take the uh the so ruth uh from the torah or from the um um from the tanakh um is where you go i go where you lay i lay where you die i will die or along those lines again i'm paraphrasing should you paraphrase that i don't know um they don't appreciate that as much as um it was in the story so they 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 take a step back but then once i've given them a summarized version of this 48 minute story uh of my background in my life they immediately go oh Oh, you're Jewish. Yeah. I get it. You don't have the paperwork. Um so uh so I'm reassured. Um I guess I could get a DNA test. That would be interesting. Um either way, I guess it would be interesting. But um yeah, so that's basically my story. That is where I come from. That's who I am and that's what drove my um what do you call it my that's what my drive towards israel uh that's where it's rooted in and it's in my my personal jewish journey um apparently though that mine is minor uh in terms of ambiguity and having to convert uh for those of you who don't know there are a number of Uh, Israel's been really kind of wonky about, um, and that's saying it nicely, wonky about people's Jewishness in making Aliyah. So Russian Jews came in the 1980s. uh, The Soviet Union released a number of them, and the rabbinate didn't, um, didn't accept them. Uh, a large number of them as Jews. Uh, the same goes for the Ethiopians during their migrations, uh, the two operations that brought them here, or to Israel. Um, they were uh, um, pushed pushed back, pushed away by the rabbinate and told that they weren't Jewish or Jewish enough. Um, and then the they there are a number of parties in Israel who say that uh the different denominations is not the right word the different flavors of judaism that exists in the west um are not truly jewish and that the they even go so far as to say as reconstructionists and reform aren't jews at all and that conservatives and modern orthodox are jews but they've just kind of lost their way um but either way uh i have paperwork for myself as a conservative Jew. Um but I, I I've I've become because of what I see as my family history and my acceptance by the Sephardic community. Uh I see myself as a Sephardic Jew. Um a Spanish and Moroccan Jew. So um it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. I'm I'm a mutt in so many different ways and I'm terrified that I've told everyone about this because this is so personal. Um, but I think it's important. Um, wow. I'm, uh, I got mad butterflies right now. I can't believe that. So on that, um, on that note, I think what I'm going to do is I am going to wind it down. Um, I'm going to tell you about, uh, and let me do that by telling you about a couple of wonderful organizations. Um, one, thank you. If, if you're still listening (laughs) to this episode, um, thank you for listening to my story. And if you accept me, thank you for accepting me. If you don't, um, tough. Who I am, you know what I mean? And, um, so let me tell you about these two wonderful organizations. The first one is Ale. Ale helps children with complex disabilities receive state of the art medical, educational, and rehabilitative care in Ale's four facilities. In addition, Ale provides thousands of outpatient treatments annually. Without Ale, many of these children would be forced to spend their lives in hospitals with no opportunities for rehabilitation, education, and the love and warmth of a home please visit www.aleh.org that's www.aleh.org and see if there is a way that you can help first what you should do is go to their instagram page hit them up like them follow them they are wonderful the pictures that they put out will just warm your heart um, next I'd like to tell you about Schneider Children's Medical Center of Israel, which is the only comprehensive tertiary care hospital of its kind in the country and in the Middle East, offering the full range of pediatric disciplines under one roof to all children from zero to 18. Since its establishment in 1991, Schneider Children's has revolutionized the practice of pediatric medicine in the country and has been recognized as one of the leading pediatric institutions in the world. To see what you can do for them, please visit www.schneider.org.il forward slash ENG. That's www.schneider.org.il forward slash ENG. Um, I try to give to them about once a month. I love them. I think I think it's important. They're angels. Um they are the best. Uh and in helping them, we become the best. So, please please give them what you can. Um I uh want to uh, if you guys want to help with this show, uh please feel free to go to our website and hit the PayPal button. Um, I fund all of this myself and the interviews that I told you about um, going to Israel in January, paying for the C executive suites, paying for all of this equipment, um, which is all top notch broadcasting and video uh, uh, equipment. Um, It all comes out of my pocket. So anything you can do, uh, to help us do this and we also want to go back and film our um full half hour 12 cities in Israel travel show and we have a budget I think our budget's around $50,000 um and that covers airfare uh all kinds of stuff transportation all the things that you need to pay for when you are in another country filming a television show it's it's a lot so um anything you can do to help we're only asking for two bucks so uh please feel free uh to go to our website www.12citiesinisrael and give us give us two bucks um all right thank you so much for joining us for the 12 cities in Israel podcast don't forget to subscribe to our feed and become a part of the 12 cities in Israel community You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. And we'll be bringing you a brand new podcast every week, so keep your eyes out for that. Also, to help support this podcast, you can visit our Patreon page and become a regular donor. You can find that page at www.patreon.com forward slash 12 cities in Israel, and that's with the number 1212. Uh, Cities in Israel Um, Also please Excuse me Also please visit our YouTube channel Where you can see a video version of this podcast Plus other videos That we've produced Including our full-length travel episode On the city of 'er Beersheba In southern Israel While you're there, share it and subscribe Um, Check us out at our website www.12citiesinisrael.com on our Facebook page and on Instagram, where every day we post a brand new picture from our Israel travels. All right, that is it. Todorapa, lehitrot ve